Peace, peace, peace. Welcome back to another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore podcast. And believe it's not, you know, we in 2023 and it's going down. The divisional round was, you know, Saturday and Sunday. That went down. Some teams got hammered. But you know what? It's the NFL. Lots of things to talk about and digest from the weekend of sports in general. The NBA gave us something to talk about. We got a lot of things going on. It's going to be a loaded show today. And I want to welcome everybody aboard to the show. Like, subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. Myself, Zach, Cousin, and Zay. We don't come to play. So let it be written. So let it be done. Little Shadamas on the mic. We might as well begin right about now. One more time, like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way, live shows like this, and it's going down. With that being said, immediately, I'm going to send over the mic to my co-hosts in the building today, and they are in the building. They're ready to give that smoke, Cuzzo, ride or die smoke coming up, take for 99 cent, Zay is in the building. Zay, I'm going to start up with you. What's going on? Hey, man, I'm always in paradise. It was an explosive weekend, to say the least. Um, A lot happened this weekend, you know, for the good and bad. <clears throat> we saw some people get exposed. We saw some people climb through reversity. We've seen some questionable play calling. There's a lot happening uh, this weekend. I'm glad we're going to talk about it. I hope everyone enjoyed the, themselves this weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed a great weekend of sports. And the NFL playoffs is here. It has arrived, and it has been ongoing as one of the better postseasons we have seen in NFL history. It's been exciting. It's been, uh, you know, a lot of people were just just anticipating these divisional rounds as they went, and then now focusing on this NFC and AFC championship games. Um, I'm excited to even talk about it further, but always in paradise. Everyone enjoy yourselves. We got Cousin in the building. The Freddy system. The system is here. What's going on? Freddy system is on deck, man. And first of all, how about those Eagles? Eagles is on deck. You know what I mean? Really quick, quick shout out to my brother. Y'all call him Jay. I call him Mott. Shout out, bro. San Francisco is on deck. My mom, she's a Kansas City fan. All three of our teams in the final four. That's a great thing. Like you said, Zay, great weekend. And I mean great. Plus for the Eagles, it was pretty easy. We'll get into it. Um, Yeah, but I'm having a good time. Ready to do it. Ready to talk sports. Uh, championship weekend, nobody going nowhere. I'm going to be home watching every single play, and we'll be back on Monday to do it again. And you know it's crazy. First of all, salute to the fam there. 
you know. Um, you know, I guess I'm looking forward to a free agency, you know, when Tom Brady decides where his new destination is going to be, because it ain't going to be in Tampa Bay. I'm letting you know that right now. It's not <laughs> going to be in Tampa Bay. So I'm looking forward to that right now. But at the same time, even though my guy's out, it is the NFL. It is the playoffs. And I'm always going to be looking forward to that regardless. But anyway, with that being said, we might as well begin with our first topic that we have on today's show. Because, man, <laughs> y'all been waiting for the Cowboys to peak, right? Juju, you know, they didn't peak. Jerry Jones, after the law, said, okay, um, nothing changes about Mike McCarthy's job status. Nothing. But, but, should Mike McCarthy's latest playoff meltdown force the Cowboys to hit up my guy, Sean Payton? And, Cuzzo, if you want to start us off. Oh, whoosh. okay, let's get to it, man. Um, uh, shout out to Dennis Green. The Cowboys is who we thought they were, okay? No disrespect. They beat a under 500 team last week in the playoffs. Okay, stop it. They wasn't that good. The hype around the Cowboys is always too hyped. That's the problem. They don't know how to find a medium and put a real take on this team. Okay, Dak Prescott never got out of the second round. He never got out of the division. Stop it. This is not that team. He's not that guy. So the expectations were for them to go to San Francisco, arguably the best roster in football, definitely the best defense in football and go win that game and we expected him to do that no and mike mccarthy to outpost mike shanahan we expected that to happen those were the expectations for the cowboys and if those are the expectations for the cowboys they're going to fail miserably they're going to fall flat on their face it's going to be an ugly disgusting display clearly the score was close cowboys defense showed up it was a, an exciting game a physical game but the fact that the cowboys lost Cowboys Nation can't handle it. Cowboy fans can't handle it. The team can't handle it. Dak Prescott is crying in the pr in, in, in the press room. Okay, Michael Parsons is blaming Dak Prescott. Like it's a lot of finger pointing going on. And you want to ask if Mike McCarthy should get out of here for Sean Payton? Clearly, he should do that. Okay, we talking about Jerry Jones, a billionaire. Whatever money he got to owe Mike McCarthy, write that off. You know what I mean? You write him a full check today. Goodbye. That's your pink slip. A big check. To finish right, paying off whatever whatever he signed. Get Peyton in here. Get a real coach in here. But, be, but to be fair, cousin, how about get a real quarterback in here? We forgot about that part. You see what I'm saying? Because the players got to go in the field. So how about get a real player in here at the same time? Because you want to talk about somebody that got everything at their disposal? He got a wide receiver. He got a running game. He got an offensive line. He got a great defense. The only person that's missing is the quarterback play. You follow me? So if the quarterback play is bad, maybe you need a quarterback as well. So at the end of the day, let's be fair. And I know y'all too. Y'all know what time it is. The Cowboys wasn't that good. We come on. What? What? Really? No, they wasn't. It's the hype around the Cowboys that make people feel that they was really that good, and they really, really wasn't. Cuzzo coming in hot today. Zay, the mic is yours. Um, real quick, just to answer the question: Should Mike McCarthy's latest playoff meltdown force the Cowboys to call Sean Payton? No, I don't believe. It is a, a meltdown to call Sean Payton immediately as my camera is having some issues. They try to shut me down early. We ain't going to shut down this yeah, early. The you system is against you, bro. Um, the system you know, real is quick, after you. There's, a, there's a, a quarterback out there that needs to be – the quarterback position needs to be addressed on this Cowboys mm. team. Um, you know, Dak Prescott is not the quarterback that we think he is. He's not the quarterback for this system, but there is a guy out there that is, and his name is Aaron Rodgers, a guy who won a championship with Mike McCarthy. 
Um, you know, he's available for trade. Green Bay should make that trade, bring Dak Prescott over to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers to Dallas Cowboys, the West Coast system that Aaron Rodgers talks about and repeatedly in multiple interviews and multiple press conferences that he loves the West Coast. The West Coast is where he thrived at, even though he had issues with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was the best relationship coach with him because they allowed him to do whatever he does and without allowed him to play the best football that he's able to do, which is that West Coast. Um, Listen, you know, the Cowboys are a quarterback away. Um, They have talent all around. They have talent at the running back. They have talent at the tight end. They have talent at receiver. They have a great defensive team. They have an offensive coordinator who is very creative in creating it, making these plays and getting the right guys open. They're missing a quarterback. Dak Prescott is literally Kirk Cousins Jr. The guy does the same thing. One week looks amazing. We saw him against Tampa Bay. The next week looks confused. We saw him against San Francisco. We cannot have that inconsistency at the quarterback position when that's kind of talent on the team. Their um, offensive line is not terrible. They have a really good offensive line. Actually, they did a really good job against San Fran with pushing Absolutely. the defense back. They did a really good job. The fact that the quarterback has been the miscue of this season is just that's just the definition of what Dallas Cowboys is. So, um, unfortunately, for many years, people have laughed. They joked about the Dallas Cowboys defense because that defense at one particular time was a joke, a laughing stock. Right now, they're actually legit. They're actually somewhat fearsome. You need the quarterback position to be consistent and get the plays they get them the chains moving it can't just be tony pollard and then when he went out ezekiel elliott going three four yards ezekiel elliott did his best he's not the guy unfortunately even though he's getting paid like one um and at this particular juncture it's that quarterback position they have to look maybe jerry jones needs to uh end that relationship with dak prescott and that uh fantasy that dak prescott be, can be that franchise quarterback for that team and replace him for a quarterback who can actually win them some football games a quarterback that can actually push them to championship relevancy and right now Dak Prescott is not that guy and Jerry Jones needs to wake up and say Dak your time is up so basically say you believe that they should keep Mike McCarthy and trade for Aaron Rodgers to reunite him with Mike McCarthy correct not a bad not a bad idea to be honest with you not a bad idea wow now I gotta split the difference here I gotta split the bill because I am the real little you know how that go all right, I guess for me, I would say this, okay? Mike McCarthy, although he may not be the most to blame here, because he wasn't, okay? He wasn't the most to blame. At the same time, clock management becomes an issue once again when it comes to him down the stretch. Poor clock management yesterday. Another one, let's talk about that last play. That was one of the worst <laughs> plays I've ever seen in my life, okay? First of all, they decide to line Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, the running back, at center. Line him up at center, okay? Yeah. Then they push the lineman out, and then they snap the ball. They throw it to Turpin, who never was on the field for offensive snaps, okay? And they throw him the ball. He gets stopped immediately. Zeke gets pushed back like a bowling alley, okay? Like, what's going on there? But when I think of everything right now, when you talk about Dak Prescott and mistakes that he's made, or he's made throughout the whole season, it's a very big issue. He had two interceptions in the game. Okay, one, actually, both of them, he was in the pocket. So that's not a guy that I trust in the pocket to deliver the football down the field. I like Dak when he's scrambling off of play action, you know, running and, and throwing it and just being, you know, mobile. I don't like him standing in the pocket. He's just not a great quarterback that way. Then he misses a deep ball to Michael Gallup. Do it in a, in a different area code. But if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Sean Payton, a guy that knows what to do with quarterbacks, Jameis Winston had his best year with him at quarterback. Interceptions, four to 11 touchdowns, something to that effect. 
right? Teddy Bridgewater was undefeated with Sean Payton in relief of Drew Brees. Drew Brees, for the lack of arm strength that he does have or doesn't have, okay, Sean Payton was able to overcome that. And you don't want to give away Dak Prescott, you don't want to trade him, then you need to get a guy that's going to be able to guide him in the right direction, play to his strengths. And so far, Mike McCarthy, you, you already said it. He's a guy that's in the passenger seat. You know, shotgun, allowing the players, the stars, to do what they do. But the problem is, you don't have any stars here. You don't? Nope. I don't see one star. You could say Tony Pollard. Okay, he's hurt. Next year. You know what I'm saying? You don't have a star here. CeeDee Lamb, he's a four-quarter guy, not a full-game guy. Four-quarter, I, I take CeeDee Lamb to four-quarter. But come mm -hmm. on. Dak Prescott is not that guy. That Even that big explosive play was underthrown. It was great yep. body control by CeeDee Lamb to come up with that catch. Absolutely. But you got to get Sean Payne in there. That's your only hope. Yeah. Listen, man, it, it, it's it's like this. Um, you made a mistake. The faster you fix the mistake, the faster you on the road to recovery. But if you keep rolling out the mistake, you're not recovering. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. They stuck in neutral. They stuck with Dak Prescott. They stuck with Mike McCarthy because they don't want to admit that they made mistakes. Okay. They got to fix the mistake. All right. A la the Philadelphia Eagles, once upon a time, had Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, right? And Doug Peterson, Super Bowl coach. But Howie Rosen was like, yo, listen, we got to fix all of this. I ain't got time. Let's go get a new coach. Let's get this quarterback in here, and let's start rolling out a different ensemble because this is not working. So mistake was made with Carson Wentz. Let's fix it right away, and then we're back in the championship game. That's how you got to do it. You want to sit around and play with a mistake for years and years and years and years? That's why you're 27 years without being in the championship game. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, go ahead, go I'll, ahead. I was just say that's the, that's the issue with Jerry Jones, and that's why the Sean Payne and Jerry Jones relationship would never work because Sean Payne is a guy who doesn't want to be hurt, um, spoken to by anybody. He is the, the dictator of, of that organization wherever Sean Payne goes. And if Jerry Jones and, and Sean Payne was to coexist, Jerry Jones would have to take a back seat, and Jerry Jones would never do that. His ego would never allow him to. Um, you saying that's the yeah. biggest issue here. Sean, Jerry Jones speak um goes to no one, he reports to no one. Unfortunately, Sean Payne is that guy you need to report to because Sean Payne is a championship level coach. Sean Payne brings quarterbacks to a different realm when they're under his um tutelage, under his um staff, under his you know, um, I guess mm -hmm. supervision in a sense, if you want to call it that, because it's like you just see quarterbacks play different when they play under Sean Payne. Um, you know, I, I say all that to say that. Um, the Cowboys have more issues than just the coaching. You know, I think you put any coach in here, you can put a Hall of Fame coach in here, the issues are still going to remain. Um, we've seen these similar issues with Jason Garrett. You know, we've seen these similar issues before then with Wade Phillips as the coach at one point. It's, it's the same issues over and over again with different players, but in different system. It's just this one guy that keeps putting imposing his will, and that's Jerry Jones. He, he wants to pick particular players that he particularly likes. I don't know if he has a football eye, but – he has certain guys he likes, and he just sticks with them no matter what until the wheels fall off, literally, until guys can no longer play. You know how long he stuck with Tony Romo? If Tony Romo would have never got hurt, who knows how long, how much longer he would have stuck with Tony Romo. It's, it's just that's how it, it is with Jerry Jones. And, um, you know, it's, it's back to Dak Prescott, man. It's his vision, you know, like I said, some games he sees everything, and some games he's playing out there blind. I just don't understand what he, he couldn't, like, I guess identify the coverage against San Fran, but he couldn't make the proper throws. Some throws I will give him credit to got dropped. Uh, I think Dalton Schultz, uh, Dalton Schultz had a, a drop. I think uh, – I think Yeah, the Noel game Brown. was already over by then when he had no, that. I, I, you know, about, I think it was a couple plays. I think it was a deep pass that, that was dropped, I think, by CD or, or, or 
it was a CD or Noah Brown, one of the two. But anyway, it was just there were some plays that that could have changed the direction of the game if those passes were caught. But then there was other plays like those interceptions. It was just it just looked really bad on on, yeah. on Dak's fault in uh, part. But you know, this is the Dak we know. This is the Dak Prescott we're accustomed to for years and years and years. He just showed his vintage self yesterday. You know, because yeah, before that he looked different. He had a couple of interceptions that was dropped. Okay. He had a couple, it was more bad passes than those two interceptions. Okay. There was interceptions that was dropped by San Francisco. Okay. This dude just played bad. I watched it in real time. No disrespect to him. You beat a team last week that's under 500. There's no accomplishment here to me. What do you think you just did? You think you did something great? No, you did exactly what you did last year. You played San Francisco in the 49ers in the playoffs and you got smacked. That's it. You got exposed again. That's it. Absolutely. You know, I hope I wasn't too erratic in my first lap because there's a lot of things moving around me. So I'm trying to do my best to, you know, focus. You know how that go, cuz of. Yeah, when you yeah, got yeah, a lot of moving parts going on. Oh, yeah, but I'm going to do my best because they call me the real Lil. So you got to overcome everything. But I think for me, when you talk about this whole situation, right, the, the Cowboys, they did a good job defensively. I commend them, right? Yeah. They really matched the physicality that the 49ers brought to the table. Right. Mm -hmm. They took away the playmakers pretty much. They contained the playmakers. All the weapons that the 49ers have, they contain them. I seen Debo get stuffed in the backfield on multiple occasions the last yeah. night. I seen CMC in the first half get stuffed. But what was the difference? It was Dak Prescott. The two interceptions, it gave the 49ers a short field. The 49ers offense was struggling. Yep. Okay, they were. And you threw the pick. Okay, gave them a short field to get three. Then you threw another pick. It allowed them to get another three. You do the math. Okay, you do the math. And it adds up. So Dak Prescott definitely was the biggest culprit here. But Mike McCarthy cannot be left off the hook. And I understand that you had the Brett Mahal situation. You had the Dak Prescott situation with the turnovers. Right? Tony Pollard goes out. Who can we trust here? Right? Who can I trust here? That's why you a coach. To figure all that out to go in the locker room and galvanize your guys, Absolutely. right? To make them believe that they can achieve, okay? And the only thing I would say, though, the only thing, because of the only slight place I disagree, and it's actually why they need to bring in Sean Payton, is because they, when you look at the NFC, we talked about Kyle Shanahan. You said it in your lap. You're not going to outcoach Kyle Shanahan. That's another crap shit over there. Because for whatever reason, down the stretch, in big games and playoff games in the fourth quarter, Kyle Shanahan disappears. He gets too <laughs> conservative, okay? He That's chokes. So when you take Kyle Shanahan out the picture and we look at the NFC as a whole, not a lot of good coaches out there. Nick Sariani, your guy? Okay, cool. You can say he is. NFC South. Name one good coach down there in the <laughs> NFC South. None. So you look at the NFC South. Exit it out. Okay, you look at the NFC North. Kevin O'Connell, I'm not buying you, brother. Okay? If Zay thinks that Mike LaFleur is overrated, which, you know, I can't really disagree with, then he's not a great coach. You know what I'm saying here? Maybe mm -hmm. Dan Campbell, that's the best coach there. And he's right. not like a great, great coach. He hasn't accomplished nothing yet. So right. the NFC is wide open. But right. if you get Sean Payton, you automatically may be the best coach team in that whole entire conference, and that's an advantage for Dak Prescott. Good point. What a home. How much was this team motivated by the AFC Championship neutral site tickets? Uh, we wasn't. We was motivated, but it wasn't like 
something we're going to have a chip on our shoulder, you know what I'm saying? Everybody disrespecting us. We was more worried about being disrespected than anything, you know what I'm saying? So that was about it. Do you guys think you were disrespected this week at all? Yeah. How so? They just sold tickets before we played. You think that's not disrespectful? I know. Wow. Those mafia. Sit down. Okay, sit down. I ain't going to say stand up. Sit down. Sit your ass down. Because your quarterback, not even your quarterback, right? But your team let you down. All right? The Bengals shut down Josh Allen to set up an AFC title rematch versus the Chiefs. Should this postseason loss impact the Josh Allen narrative? And Zay, if you want to do the honors. Um, you know, it definitely should change the Josh Allen narrative, um, at least a little bit. We all know he's still young. He still has a lot in the tank. But um, right. a lot of things that happened yesterday that I witnessed throughout the entirety of the game that the team just failed Josh Allen in a sense. Um, the offensive line couldn't attack him. Um, the defensive line couldn't penetrate uh, the Bengals' offense. Um, uh, the Bengals' offensive line, which was decimated, three starters down, and they couldn't get to um, Joe Burrows at all. They couldn't stop Joe Mixon and P. P Ryan from running the football. Um, even even Jamar Chase got a, a carry for crying out loud. It was just an all-around onslaught of just craziness happening that allowed the Bengals to just go run up and down the uh, Bills' defense. The um, offensive line couldn't protect Joe uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen couldn't make the right throws. Um, you know he was getting he couldn't he couldn't do anything basically right. The only thing he did was that rushing touchdown. Um, that I think accounted for that only their only touchdown or one of the only touchdowns of that game. Um, it changed the narrative because now we're looking at Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. Allen's looking like the third guy, and he possibly could be the fourth if Lamar Jackson comes back stronger, or if Justin Herbert comes back and it comes in next season looking uh, way different from this season. So it's looking like Josh Allen, when he was with Brian Dable, he looked like a different guy, a guy who didn't make mistakes often. A guy who turn um eliminated the turnover turnovers, the interceptions, the fumbles, and now he's he's looking like the old Josh Allen, the guy who who turns the ball over, a guy who makes too many risky plays, a guy who right. can't identify the flat how to throw the football in, in the right direction. You know he's he's overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. He's he's get basically giving the ball to defenders most of the time, um especially a lot of those red zone targets. He there's a lot of times we think he have a touchdown. He should have had easily 35, 40 touchdowns this season if. He limits those interceptions in the red zone. Um, you know, it changed the narrative a little bit because we thought he was on a um he was on a climb, climbing the mountain to the top. Him and Mahomes, one A, one B. He went down a third. Joe Burrow is looking like that guy right now. Joe Burrow is looking like he's the one commanding the troops. He could do it with um no off starting offensive line, with no pro bowl offensive line. He could do it with anybody. It could be me, Lil, and Freddie offensive yep. line protecting Joe Burrow. He's gonna get that ball out no matter what. Um is the vision, is the confidence. And I just think when you look at Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, how could you say, I'm not taking Joe Burrow over Josh Allen? I think that's the narrative that changes. Can he still take the Bills to the Super Bowl? I don't know anymore. To me, if you ask me this question, I think the, the Bills um, Super Bowl on windows closed. I think that, yeah. that that was it. You know, uh, an aging Von Miller, we don't know when he's going to be healthy, if he's ever going to be healthy. The guy's always hurt. We don't know what to anticipate when you have guys on that lineup that are in and out the roster all um and time in time out year after year and they are the reasons the big impact that josh allen fails or josh allen doesn't win so you know for me is josh allen the guy to carry a team to the championship no i think he needs more help and i think that's the narrative that changed because before we thought he was superman when he's not he's actually he might be a robin and we have to face that harsh reality 
I gotta get in here real quickly here. Yeah, yeah do you think, bro? <laughs> now, I think theoretically, from a long-term perspective, if he doesn't accomplishes or accomplish what Mahomes has, or even Joe Burrow getting to a Super Bowl, then we'll come back and say the legacy should be affected because that's on the back end. At the end of the day, your career is going to be modded by championships. Have you won championships or not? That's what it comes down to. Absolutely. So from a long-term perspective, of course, it's going to impact him if he's not able to rebound from that. But I would say on the short-term side, no, I don't think it should impact any narrative unless our expectations was something that was undesirable, unrealistic. Josh Allen is a guy, he's a top three quarterback in the league, no doubt about it. He can make the throws that other quarterbacks can make. There's nothing that he can't do that another quarterback can't, okay? And that's evident. But I think when you look at this game, the Bengals just out-strategized Buffalo, okay? You look at defensively. They played this too-high safety look, trying to take away Jamal Chase. Joe Burrow was like, cool, I'm going to be patient and deliver the throws in the middle of the field. They gave the Bengals too much respect. The same thing they did last year with the Chiefs, that two-eye safety, takeaway hill, don't give up nothing over the top. They gave Mahomes so much respect that he literally surgically just dink and dunked the way to the victory. Dink and dunked his way to a victory. That's how he did it. And on that last play, remember the 13 seconds? Two-eye safety, okay, worried about the back, the back end and allowing Tyreek Hill to get a, a catch that he turned into a yak that put them in position to lose that game. So they're giving these quarterbacks too much respect on defense instead of switching it up. Of course, you play to our safety to take away the big play, but switch it up to man-to-man -man a little bit. Switch things up. And by the time they drifted to man-to-man, -man, man down, <laughs> okay, literally. So it's like they have to do a better job of switching it up. Number two, first of all, they have no running game. They were not going to get away with this. You have to have a running game. That's how you close out a game. That's how you're able to keep the quarterback upright and mistake-free. You have to develop a running game. From day one, from week one, they said, you know what? We're just going to run through Josh Allen. And at the end of the day, I said it before, Josh Allen wasn't made in a factory. Why are you throwing 42 times a game in the snow? In the snow, throwing 42 times in the game like yesterday. 42 times in the snow. Joe Burrows, as great as he is, had the luxury to go and dump that ball up to Joe Mixon, let him do something with it. That's the problem. The coaching is a problem here. Josh Allen can play. We know that. But he throws more than Patrick Mahomes. He throws more than Joe Burrow. He's asked to do a lot more. And that comes to the coaching staff. And that's why it's their fault, because they have to serve up a better game. That defense got decimated, got trashed through it, and, and sliced. Okay, that offense couldn't generate a running game at all. Coaching is a big thing here, and they're going to have to fix that. Right? Why is Stephon Diggs not involved in the game plan? That's your number one wide receiver. So, like I said, to end here, long term, we could come back and say, you know, this impacted his narrative, his legacy. But right now, what, we capping the ceiling now? That's what we're doing now. We capping the ceiling. He still got more football, more good football left, and more playoffs, I will hope, left. So I'm gonna leave it there. Oof. You both said a lot, man. But I'm gonna listen. You know what the problem is in today's world of sports? I'm gonna have to go a little deep on y'all. We give these individual players in a team sport, they flowers before they get a championship. And that's a problem. 
And this is the problem that we're facing right here with Josh Allen. We didn't let him crawl and earn his flowers, right? I don't give a track star who ran on the practice track and he broke the world record. I don't say he broke the world record until he do it in the Olympics, okay? I don't give him his medal. You don't get a medal then. And we be giving these players individually their flowers before they win a championship. We can't do that. And that's what happened to Josh Allen. He got too big, okay? He got too big that he's bigger than the coaches. He got too big and the expectation became bigger than him. He can't live up to these expectations because he before everything came out, nobody said nothing about the running game. Nobody said nothing about the defense. He had a top five defense, top five offense all season, all season. And everybody had Buffalo going to Super Bowl, including you, Cuzzo. So at the end of the day, the expectations that was, was right the preseason, <laughs> right? In the preseason. Right there. Okay, be fair. But the, the expectations is right there in his face. So then let's rewind and let's go back. Three years ago, he was in the AFC Championship game, lost on the road. Last year, he was in the Divisionals, lost on the road. This year, Divisionals lost at home. That's regressing. That's going backwards. That's not moving forward. So the narrative is changing right before our eyes. And the reason why the narrative changed, because the expectations were set so high that he can't live up to it. We gave him his flowers like he's this dude. When you got to win a championship, that's what this sports is all about. Win a championship. I don't give people their flowers. Do you want a chip? You want a chip? You, I, I saw that you did that. Then, okay, give him that man his flowers. Why am I giving him his flowers and he ain't want a chip? He ain't even get to a chip. But that's the problem with today's in sports. We too too fast to give everybody all of these flowers. And all of this, yo, this dude is that dude before he won a championship. We got to reel it in a little bit. Because he ain't going to be able to live up to those expectations. Because every single year for Buffalo, as long as Josh Allen is there, Super Bowl bust. That's his expectations right now. Super Bowl bust. He got eliminated in the originals. That's a major bus and it will change anybody's narratives when you do a major bus right away okay especially a dude that never won a championship so his narrative is being changed we gotta look at it differently we talk about patrick mahomes he won a championship he won mvp give him his flowers okay joe burrows at least made a chip he made a chip before josh allen i'm not giving him his flowers fully but i can understand if you did it okay we got other quarterbacks in the AFC, like you said, Justin Herbert. We got Trevor Lawrence. Which we got, um, what's my man from um, Deshaun Watson? You don't know what he's going to do. We got Lamar Jackson. We got players right there with Josh Allen. He ain't blowing these guys away. The difference is Patrick Mahomes won a championship. Give him his flowers. You're supposed well, to. I think outside of the two guys that you named, right, Mahomes and Bro. Josh Allen, I mean, he's more durable than well, I can't say durable because Deshaun Watson's situation was different. Different, he right. missed a year. Lamar Jackson missed two years, um, essentially. So, you know, I can kind of see that argument, but at the same time, I think more so this team is underachieving, and they remind me of this decade's version of the New Orleans Saints, a team that you know, outside of the ring that they run in 2009 with Drew Brees. This decade, they had multiple opportunities to get another ring. And right. they That's came fair. up short. Hail Mary and Minnesota, the Minnesota Miracle, right. the terrible call, defensive right. PI. Could have called about five different penalties on that play. Right? And they kept falling short. This team reminds me of that team. That right. every year, they trying to go, go, go get it, and they fall short. My thing here is, is that, and I said it before. This is public mm -hmm. knowledge. 
I said that the Bills, remember we had that debate about if the Bills should get home court and, and everybody was tripping about home court? You was like, yo, they need home court. Okay, force Mahomes and other quarterbacks to come there and they beat you. Element, and absolutely. you remember what I said? I said they're not even built to win at home because they don't win the football. Buffalo is snowy. Okay, it's, it's a snowy, it's a very funny town. Okay, I live, I used to live when I went to college not too far from Buffalo. Right. Okay, so I know how the weather gets down over there. So you're not going to be able to win the football. How are you built to win in your own home? That's why I said on the show last week, if they were able to win this game and play in that neutral site, that actually benefited them more than going to Kansas City and playing at home because you're in a dome. And that's great weather for throwing the football. They had to get there first. And they didn't get there first. And now they can't punch their tickets to the next round. And that's because they're not built to win at home. They're not built to win on the road because they cannot run the football. Running the football is crucial. No, and I know I picked the Buffalo Bills to, to win the Super Bowl this year. That's right. because I thought they were going to commit more to the run. They right. drafted James Cook. Why the hell are you drafting him for? Right. You know what I'm saying? And he go ahead. Because they top five offense, top five defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they pass in the football. They're a very great passing team. And that's Josh Allen. And literally, that stat shows the value right. of Josh Allen right there. Right. But he didn't come through this time. See that? That's why come. his expectations goes down. Because oh yeah, they've been passing, passing, passing. What did he do like um yesterday? Listen, Josh Allen, right? He's different from Joe Burrow and Mahomes, clearly. But there's a lot more required from him. When you throw the football more, chances are y'all are going to have an explosive play, 5,000 yards, touchdowns, and you're going to have more interceptions. That comes with the duty. That comes with the workload. And that's what happens with Josh Allen. If you know that your quarterback, yes, explosive indeed, but could be a little bit erratic, then that's where you have to run the football to just get him opportunities oh, to flow into the game. Absolutely. Coaching. I agree there. You know, I just want to add real quick. I know you made the example of what the, the Bills are. I am actually want to compare them to the Chargers back in the day. You know, they're a team that's mm. explosive, but they can't beat the upper echelon teams in the league. They couldn't beat the um, the Patriots. They barely beat the Colts. They couldn't beat the Steelers. They couldn't beat the Ravens. You know, that's the type of team that the Buffalo Bills may be. A team that cannot win the, the winner go home championship on the line or a, a playoff berth on the line, they can't beat the higher echelon teams. You know, the, the Bengals right now, last season, um, tremendous playoff team. Played with grit, yep. played with heart. They yep. knew how to close. The Bengals, um, we saw yesterday, the last um, two weeks, they played with grit, they played with heart, they knew how to close. Uh, on the road, at that. So it's it's, it's similar to what, the, what was happening last season, but it's just like the Bills are not, like you said, they're maybe not ready to win playoff games. They're not built for the win playoff games. And that's because maybe it's due to the run game, but also maybe it's due to Josh Allen not stepping up when they need them the most. Last year, he had a crazy great play, last play. His last play was amazing. You can't, unfortunately, change the, the narrative, of change what happened with Patrick Mahomes being as great as he is. That, it wasn't that even that. Out. It was the fact that 13 seconds left, your defense got to come through. <laughs> we having a whole conversation that's totally right. different. You know, <laughs> no, especially yeah. if he beat Mahomes. So it's like, there's a lot of factors. This is a team sport. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's, we it's judge legacies individually, right. but we also but, cannot exclude the team reliancy yeah. that is the NFL. And no, I'm going to say this last point, cuz, and I'm going to pass it yeah. to you. I'm going to say this last point, right? Because I think, too, in order for you to win a championship in sports, you have to have some type of luck. You have to be on your side. Okay? I could go through the list in the NBA and NFL. Right, right. The, the, the Warriors last year, they were quite lucky. If you think about who who they played, who got hurt, 
the Suns the year before. Guys got hurt. Anthony Davis, um, the Celtics, um, Chris Middleton was hurt. So much luck, right? The Chiefs don't even get me started over there on that side because they've been lucky as well, okay? Um, the Bengals, they're lucky in the sense that everything could be going so wrong and yet they win the game. That's the luck that they have on their side. This year, with the DeMar Hamlin situation, I thought that probably hurt them. They probably got caught up too much in the, into that that it actually hurt them. First of all, I don't know what DeMar Hamlin that was at the game. That did not look like DeMar Hamlin to me. Maybe because he had the hoodie on and the jacket. I don't know who that was, okay? I don't know who that guy in that press box was, but that wasn't DeMar Hamlin to me, unless y'all could prove that to me. But nevertheless, okay? Nevertheless, I'm going to stop with the conspiracy theories here. Not a conspiracy show. Y'all know the vibes. But <laughs> the point I'm saying is that Buffalo is going to have to get some good fortune to go on their side in a championship run. It happens most of the time. If we really sat back and digest everything, digest the last couple teams that made the playoffs and they route to get there and, you know, the division, maybe the division was easy and they had the first round by or guys got hurt. Luck is always important. They have the talent. But right now they are missing the creativity on offense and defense from the coaching staff and they missing some luck. And if they can fix those things and get the luck to go on their side, they can make a championship. It's not over. This is not a funeral for the Buffalo Bills here. This is not a funeral for them. It's, it's right? They're going to be back next year. But right. can they mature and get there? Right. It's not a funeral, but Cincinnati ain't getting weaker. Joe Burrows is a problem. And Joe Burrows to stare down Patrick Mahomes and stare down Josh Allen right in their homes, uh, I will be afraid of this dude. I'm just being honest. So, when he said, when when Zay, when you said Buffalo window is closing, it closes fast, cousin, when you don't win. Once you win, we can always see you winning again. When you don't win, it can close quick. You don't know what the GM's going to do. You don't know if they're going to fire the coach. You don't know if the chemistry going to change. It can close fast. When you got a, a, a formula of winning, you always try to get that formula back. They don't have a formula of winning yet because they didn't win. You know, real quick, I just want to say this last thing. Last you know, point. Last point. Um, when we say when I say it's difficult with Josh Allen right now, because it's not just the AFC conference, it's just in, in his own division. If the Dolphins fix that defensive woes, they become a dangerous team to the Bills. If the Jets get a quarterback, they become a dangerous game to the Bills. Absolutely. If the Patriots somehow, some way get a great offensive coordinator, they become a danger to the Bills. It's a difference when it's only you have to worry about your conference. You have to worry, oh, okay, if I win a division, that's fine. Then I can face them in the playoffs, we'll figure it out. But you have to worry about your own division. So now you have a double worry. And then on top of that, we don't know how much better the Bills can get because they don't really have cap space to increase the talent on this team. What else can you do on this team to increase the talent when everyone else in the division is only going to get better? Everyone else in your conference, you're talking about the Chargers, the Broncos, everyone else is only going to get better. What else can the Bills do to keep themselves on it's top funny. of the wild? It's funny because um, what about the Bengals division? What about the Chiefs division, right? Let's say Tom Brady, if my dream was right, and I am the little Shadamas in fact. And Tom Brady goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now you got Mahomes going up against Tom Brady twice a year and Justin Herbert twice a year. All right. Along with, let's say, Sean Payton, which I predict he's going to take that Denver Broncos job. Now you got Sean Payton to go along with Russell Wilson. That division is going to be harder to win. I would hope because why the hell can't you beat Kansas City? Are we going to continue to do this every single year? At some point, they're not going to win that division. They are not going to hold that division forever, okay? That's no, number one. Fine. The Bengals, right? 
if Lamar Jackson is making $250 million guaranteed in the future and he's getting paid, you know, to be a superstar, he should beat the Bengals. Matter of fact, the Ravens almost beat the Bengals with Tyler Huntley. Okay, Absolutely. if it wasn't for a red zone turnover. All right, the Steelers, according to, according, this is not my politics, according to Zay, they're going to be better <laughs> next year because they got Mike Tomlin on their team as coach, right? Okay, cool. So if we adding all those factors together, all three teams, it's not going to be easy. And in the no. grand scheme of the AFC, with the Jaguars on the come up, it's not going to be easy for anybody. That's no, why that's you get to the dance because you have a chance. Right. But you peep this, cousin. This is not by accident. Three out of the four teams in the championship game this year was in the championship game last year. Okay? That's not an accident. They got something extra that we can't see. It's something extra that's not on the stat sheet. There's something there. We don't want to admit to that, but that's a fact. Okay? Patrick Mahomes with the five straight championship games. He got something. We got to admit to that. Joe Burrow's in the second one two years in a row. We got to admit to that. Okay, San Francisco went to three in five years. They got something going. Buffalo, they don't have that. All right, They're so, you know, what about the 49ers then? If, if the Bills championship window is closing and the 49ers been to a Super Bowl, lost it, but yet every single year they in a championship game, that's because their window's not closed. So we can keep that same energy yeah, to Buffalo. Because they're they not scared to change their quarterback. That's why. They'll change everything. Oh. Wait, All right, bro. Oh, oh, oh boy, hold on, hold on. In what world is Josh Allen and Jim? What, what, what do you need to change from the Bills? You don't need to change the quarterback. I'm just no, saying. but the thing, the thing is with the, the Bills, we don't know what is the change. What, what do you change right. in Buffalo? Because it's not, it you, they change offensive coordinators, right? Still nothing. They 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 <laughs> they change to get Von Miller. Nothing. They add they added offensive lineman. Nothing. They add Naheem Hines. Nothing. They add, they bring in Stephon Diggs. Right. Nothing. They bring in get, they, like, they, what listen, else? Can Von we don't know. Injury was so impactful that nobody talks about because we only care about quarterback. We only talk quarterback on the show. We only talk fancy toys on the show. Von Miller's injury literally watched they sat they stats defensively. Oh, absolutely. That's why you bought him there to be nah, the closer. Fact, okay, so that defensive injury from Von Miller was absolutely. critical. It was a critical blow to this team, and defensively right. they couldn't overcome that because in, I don't know, know what happened NFL, with the coach. Cousin, the NFL is no excuses, bro. Like, injury is going to play a part. Patrick Mahomes got hurt in the playoff game just on Saturday. It's no excuses for Kansas City. You got to go play. That's it. The game don't stop because you got injured, bro. Go. Play. Now. Go. That's it. You know, he's going to be compromised, thing. and I'm still going to judge Patrick Mahomes on the level I'm supposed to judge him on. I don't care. If he, I'm not going to come if, if Joe Burrows beat him, get what, Patrick Mahomes 100%? No. Joe Burrows just beat you four times in a row. He beat you two times in your home. Uh, I mean, look, if Von Miller can play say. with a torn ACL, I mean, credit to that guy. He's Mr. Terminator, bro. Okay? It's a different injury. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not that, – that's kudos to him. So I'm not – I don't blame injury and say that's the reason why team lose. What I say is win anyway. All right, Tony Polly, you should have came back in the game yesterday, even though you broke your fibula. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Play, my brother, play. Okay, with the clutches on. But go ahead, Zay. Bring us home. Last particular point. Um, you know, when you talk about the narratives, you talk about things that that what about that's going on with Josh Allen. The only time, the only reason why we're talking about the narratives changing is because the quarterback play is increasing in his in his conference. It's only yep. getting better. So Josh Allen unfortunately put himself in a position like freddie said super bowl a bust it's not afc championship a bust it's not playoffs a bust it's super bowl a bust that's what the bills particular stature is now is it a good thing a bad thing we don't know but right now that's what it's looking like super bowl a bust and unfortunately it's a couple teams in this afc that have a very similar stature super bowl a bust and we're going to talk about it more right now and speaking of super bowl or bust and joe burrows we trust okay is joe burrow the best quarterback in the afc cuzzo Listen, man, this dude is tough. This dude is mean. 
He brings a certain type of swag, bravado that you can't teach. You just can't, right? The man, and he don't, he don't, he don't even boasting. He ain't trying to come out of character. He ain't trying to be somebody that he's not. He is who he is and very comfortable in who he is. I respect this man at the highest level. But again, I want to pause on being the best in today because until you win championships, why are we throwing you flowers? Okay, do it again. Like he go beat Patrick Holmes again to be hard for me to say not right. I mean, you go beat Patrick Holmes two times in his home. I don't care if Patrick Holmes is hurt. That's that means something to me. But we do got to pause on giving people these flowers before they win championships because it just it raises the bar to what we. So anytime somebody have a good game or a good season, we just say they the best right away. That's how we do it. No, that's not how we do it. We know better than that. People can have a good season and fall. Look at Josh Allen now trending down. When before, we had him right there with Patrick Holmes, which I never agreed to because I said, no, Patrick Holmes probably still better than him because I got to see Josh Allen do it. That's just my flow on, on the way I do sports. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrows is right there. I mean, I'll take that dude almost pretty much anybody in the NFL. He's a mean dude, tough dude. I, I, put it this way. If I'm a Kansas City fan, I'll be scared that I'm playing against this dude right now. That's how good he is. He's so poised. He's so, his temperament is so great. He does everything at a high level. I want that dude in big games. Freddie says some status. But to answer the question, not yet. I got a question for you. Who would you rank higher? All honesty. Yeah. Dan Marino or Aaron Rodgers all time? Dan Marino. Cool. Right away. Right away. Did he win a championship? No. But hold up a second, cousin. I got what you're saying. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, Dan Marino didn't win the championship. We didn't give him his flowers, right? I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, Dan Marino, um, arm, and he just did stuff that was just totally Oh, oh, different. oh, that was an arm, right? Totally, totally totally arm. I just did it, right? Nah, it was totally different. Trust me. Because see this, you I, see I this day, right? Here. You see? I don't Stumbling, my here. brother. You know, ropes. I don't, I don't want to go here. I hate to go here. It was a harsher NFL. Much harsher NFL, right? When you can grab the wide receivers, the windows wasn't as wide open. Uh, when you can hold a wide receiver all the way down the field, when you can take three steps until hit a quarterback, the NFL was a harsher sport. If Dan Marino played about in to today, go Julius to go everybody hits Chris. Right. going to be if here for Dan, a minute. <laughs> no, no. If Dan Marino played in today's game, he will be just tearing this league up because he was putting that ball in windows when the, when the cornerback can hold the receiver all the way down the field. It's a totally different NFL. Now, you went, and if you'd have said Dan Marino versus Joe Montana, Dan Marino versus John Elway, although I think Dan Marino had more talent, but I won't pin him over John Elway because John Elway played in that era, and I watched John Elway do it under the same conditions. So when you actually me to compare Dan Marino and, and, and um, Aaron Rodgers, it's two different eras, and I know that era was harsher, and that's why I probably would take Dan Marino. That's the only reason. He, he, now, if you give me two the... people in the same era, then we will have a discussion. He he brought up the the errors. That's that's the defense that he mess, had. Though. I can't help <laughs> you know, it. You know, it's crazy. I can't help it. I can't help it. The reason why I bring that up is because according to Freddie, you're judged or you should be judged at the elitist of the elite based on championships. But yet he doesn't believe, okay, for errors, for the reasons man. he that explained error. that Aaron Rodgers, who won a chip, is um higher all time than Dan Marino. First of all. For me to answer the own question that I threw his way, Dan Marino, of course, I'll rank him higher than Aaron Rodgers. And that's because of the eye test. That's because of what I've seen, you know, in the highlights, right? That's yeah. because we can tell certain things from the eye test. So from the eye test perspective, and I answer this question, I'm going Joe Burrow, 
right? The ring didn't make no difference to me. Now, in all fairness, in all fairness, and I am going to be fair here, the MVP this season is Patrick Mahomes. Right. No question about that. He is the MVP this season. Okay, so you're probably talking about a second MVP, right? And, and there's a lot of factors and variables to that. Number one, let's say, for an example, right, Jalen Hurts, who was competing with him, who Cuzzo, a couple weeks ago, said that he was the MVP. Yeah, then he got hurt. He got hurt, missing two games, right? So yeah. literally, he missed two games. Also, me personally, at the time, I had Joe Burrow ahead because he beat Mahomes this year, head-to-head. And if that game did not get suspended between him and the Bills, he would have beat Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the same time of the year. So how the hell he doesn't get it if everything played out the way I was supposed to? You got to give it to him, right? So I would have went that way. But the suspended game, the Jalen Hurst injury, Mahomes was already top three in the discussion, and I was honest about that. He's the MVP, clear. But if we talk about this, like, in general, the best quarterback in the AFC, he beat him last year. He's right. 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. He's 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. And you know what? I'm not going to make no predictions on the show, but it's a great chance he might be 4-0 against Patrick Mahomes after next week. That's, that's so I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. If Joe Montana and Tom Brady had a baby, it would be Joe Burrow. He's cool as a cucumber. He's never rattled. He doesn't have the offensive line that Patrick Mahomes had. Patrick Mahomes have the number one offensive line in football. Joe Burrow does not. He had three injuries in this game, headed into the game yesterday. It did not matter. And remember, when Mahomes didn't have his lineman in the Super Bowl, we know how that handled. We know how that got handled. It was like Tom and Jerry out there. Okay? So for me, to answer this question, and I'm going to pass the rock to say, Joe Burrow is the number one quarterback to me in the AFC. Oh man, um, I'm I'm really on the fence when it comes to uh, the best quarterback in the AFC because it, it could go either way um, between these two guys. But um, I might have to lean towards Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty. Uh The man is just different. Uh, you know, we understand how dynamic Patrick Mahomes is, but I just see when you look at Joe Burrow as a quarterback, he just looks like he's cold blooded. You know, he I is. think Mahomes try to try to take you out with finesse, the no look passes, the runs, the jukes. Um, you know, the, the over the, the sky hook pass, they, they, they call it, uh, they threw it across the field. Uh, but just Joe Burrow is just not, he's not phased by a bad offensive mm-hmm. line. He's not phased by guys being hurt. Um, he attacks anybody at any given time. He attacks any defense, no matter who it looks like, who it may be. And, um, he has, he has this pinpoint accuracy about him that he could get the ball to anywhere at any given time. And it's just something yep. that is dynamic. And that's how you put him. That's how you look at when you say the best quarterback in the AFC, look at him. You know, I think Mahomes a couple of years ago when he had the 50 touchdowns, you look at him like that that's the quarterback. That, that's the best quarterback in the NFL. But Joe Burrow this year is just different. You know, the, the Bengals started off slow. They didn't start off as dynamic as we thought they would. And right. he just turned it up a different level. He put the heat listen, on everybody. It's kind of crazy. So Joe Burrow for me, best quarterback in the AFC. Listen, from a technical standpoint, pitting two hands on the ball, feet always in the right spot. You know what I mean? Um protecting the ball and things like that. No, listen, he, he's a technician. I'm not going against Joe Burrow. The dude is a problem, right? But here's the here's the funny thing, right? Now, Joe Burrow, he goes into Kansas City and beat Kansas City, right? It'd be hard for me to make this argument. Very hard, right? That's fair to say. But when if he lose, are we still going to say he's better than Patrick Mahomes? And we're going to change our opinion in one week? 
right? I saw Patrick Mahomes do it. So I still got to lean on Patrick Mahomes. But Joe Burrow losing Kansas City next week. I'm going to come on TV. I'm going to come on here. Yep, Joe Burrow's still better than him. No, I'm not, y'all, both of y'all arguments will be shut down real fast. And I'll be like, clearly he's the better quarterback. It'll be that fast. It'll be that easy. Because of the numbers, because of what he did, or what he's done in the past, what he's doing now, that'll be that easy. And that's a hollow, hollow argument when they're about to play each other head to head. So we, I think we should pause and wait a week before we even come up with who is the best quarterback. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to throw another question your way. Hit me with it, baby. What was the best thing about Tom Brady's playoff record? The fact that it was a home court advantage that he had for a lot of years or the fact that he went on the road and won at Kansas City and all of them games he went on the road to get there? Listen, okay, no doubt. Listen, Tom Brady was the guy. And clearly winning on the road is more impressive. Ain't no question about that. Here's the that's funny the thing. About that's Tom all Brady. the answer I needed. Hold on, hold on. Here's the, here's the question about here's the funny thing about that. During the height of Tom Brady, I mean during the height, you're a Tom Brady fan, you're a Tom Brady historian. So during the Absolutely. height in real time, people questioned was he better than Peyton Manning? And I never did because I can see it, because he did it. Peyton Manning was pitting the regular season numbers. He beat, he, I seen him beat Tom Brady in the regular season. Playoff come, he gets smacked. I'm like, well, how is he better than him? He's not. Clearly. Okay. So again, no matter how, and Peyton Manning, you could say, did a lot of things better than Tom Brady. You can say that. You can say the MVPs. You can say these touchdowns. You can say all of these things he was doing that was great. But no, he didn't win a championship. I'm not pitting him over Tom Brady. Right. And the playoffs. Exactly. You kind of made my argument, too, in a way, because the playoffs is where I'm concerned, more concerned when we talk about, you know, who's who. And obviously, both quarterbacks in the playoffs, they have succeeded. OK, right. you can look at the five straight AFC championship game appearances, but you can also look at the one Super Bowl in those five meetings that they have. Right. Joe Burrow obviously is missing that silver hardware. But he went on the road. He went on the road and, 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 and beat Mahomes. He's won more road games because Mahomes haven't now had to on road. go on the road. So I think that's, that's what fair. makes this question compelling. No, but that's, to me, that's a fair point. Mahomes ever played on the road, and we don't even know can he go do it on the road like that. Not that we don't think he could play in some other place, but at the end of the day, in the playoffs, it is different. It is. Of course. And I mean, come on. No problem, right? He got sacked nine times, Joe Burrow, against mm -hmm. Tennessee. They won that game. No problem. Mm -hmm. Then they go on the road to the Chiefs last year, down 20 to 0, too. That's what makes it suspenseful. The fact that they were down three scores yeah. and he came back and won that game. He went into hey, Buffalo hey, yesterday. Listen, and to buffer your point, to buffer your point, to be fair, okay? Joe Burrows went on the road, took out the number one seed last year, the number two seed last year, took out the number two seed last year, and going on the road for the number one seed this year. So at the end of the day, he's been an underdog to the point where. He don't care because he said, as long as I'm here, our Super Bowl windows is open. That's basically what he said. I don't care what where we stacked up, where we playing at. Give me a football, give me 100 yards, and I'll play, I'll play anybody. Trust me, you got Bobato. He does. And my last point here. How about we talk about the bias commentating? Oh. <laughs> Y'all noticed that over the weekend? Am I the only one? Because I know I'm not. I always have bias commentating, though. It was, the, the commentating was so biased, first of all. Let's start off with Chris Collinsworth when it came to Patrick Mahomes. The guy threw an incompletion. That was the best pass I ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> Josh Allen and um Tony Romo. Oh, Superman. You know, Superman this, Superman that. But where is that same energy for Joe Burrow? 
Where is that oh. same energy? I don't hear no nicknames. Only Joe Cool. Come on. <laughs> only Joe listen, Cool. And I don't listen, even hear I, a commentator I, I call him that. that. I agree with that. And that's only because, like you said, Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes was put on a pedestal at Shiny Toys. Joe Burrow is a durable toy that just don't break. And that's the problem. But you address the problem that you saw in the media. I'm going to address this problem that I see in the media. We fall in love with the okie doke. We fall in love with the okie doke. Oh, he's a physical specimen. He could right. go to football no, 65 yards, 70 <laughs> yards, right? We do the same thing in the NBA. Nobody oh, talks about Steph being the best player in the world or top five, right? Because we look at Giannis, okay? We look at guys like LeBron, you know? We do it all the time. But all you have to do is win, and that should matter the most. But clearly, winning doesn't matter the most, if you really think about it. But it should. It should. But it should. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go on a little break here. We're going to run a flashback, and we're going to come back for topic number three. You don't want to miss that, because guess what? It's going down. Let's get it. But let's get to the smoke. Goodness gracious. Man. See, when you get that smoke, right? You 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 look horrible out here, and you definitely can't win a championship. And, and when I give you the smoke, I don't see championship in your future. I just don't see it. I don't want to see it. it. Ain't there? Make me wrong. Prove me wrong. Because Brandon Stanley, just like y'all said, he got to go. That is not a head coach. That's a coordinator. And Brandon Stanley is gonna get the smoke. He gotta get the smoke. The Freddie system ain't no joke. I'm giving Brandon Stanley. All the smoke. I'm not coming at Justin Herbert. I'm not coming at the San Diego Charge. Uh, I mean, the LA Chargers players. I'm coming at the coach. This coach is horrible. To allow a first playoff year or second year quarterback to come back from 27 point down. You got a 27 point lead. 27 to zip. Defense playing well. Offense playing well. And you can't bring that home as a head coach. I can bring it home as a head coach. You can bring it home as a coach. We all can bring it home as a head coach. He's the only man on earth who can't bring it home as a head coach. And this is why he got to get that smoke. Horrible. Can you run the ball? Can you do that? Can you play some defense? Guy, can you call timeout? Can you rally the troops? Can you do some motivational speeches? Can you do something to win a football game? This dude is not a championship head coach. I don't. Clearly, he's not a head coach. This man should be fired immediately. I mean, right now. And I told y'all this beforehand. I told y'all this way beforehand. Before this game was even started, I said, Brandon Stanley is going to be the reason why they lose. And clearly he is, and he's going to get all the smoke. This dude, as a head coach, is not even a coordinator right now. Okay, this dude is the only team right now that the Celtics need to worry about in their in their conference is the Milwaukee Bucks. That's the team that, at any given moment, once they get Chris Middleton back, Drew Holiday, Giannis, fully healthy um they could they could take that that eastern conference easily without even blinking an eye and that's kind of the reason why i said that the celtics they biggest you know um nemesis is themselves because you literally kind of eliminated half of the eastern conference with your last statement with your closing statement that you really have to worry about the bucks which i can't disagree with you still got Giannis over there but the celtics are more athletic than them they're way more athletic than them, right? They got guys that can fly. They got guys that can shoot over people. They got depth. They got defense. They got offense. They can throw the bodies at Giannis to give him a hard time. And clearly, they did that last year. Now, Giannis is a different specimen, and Chris Middleton wasn't there, and I get all those arguments. But the Celtics have experience, okay? Now they have championship experience. And I feel like if they can 
just stop beating themselves, which is part of my statement of the erraticness when it comes to them in late game situations. They just looking all over at each other. Guys don't even want to take the shot if you really watch them. And they can kind of like mature enough in those situations primarily. Who's really stopping them? Like if they really fix those four quarter indecisive issues, it's going to be hard to beat them. And that's why I feel and that's why I say that Boston is the only one that can beat Boston. Because if they're not beating Boston, then nobody's beating them. Yes, yes, yes. We are back for topic number three. Okay, we might as well move on to the NBA. Did the Nets win over the Warriors last night prove that they can survive life without Kevin Durant? And Zay, if you want to kick us off. Um, absolutely not. I don't I don't think that that's what that means. Um, you know, the regular season is one thing. You can win a game, you can win the two games, but a playoff, uh, you know, a playoff scenario, get seven games without them. You can't you can't just say that they can live life without him. Um, you know, I think Kyrie Irving is playing outstanding. No one's talking about it. Arguably, I call this MVP Kyrie because that's the type of level of play he's having, a level of just extraordinary play. Uh they no one could really guard him, no one could stay in front of him, no one could tell him anything. This man is a man on a mission. Uh, but again, you can't survive without Kevin Durant. Um, this this team is premised off of Kevin Durant being on that team and giving them 30 points a game in a playoff scenario like you know i think the warriors what we've seen this entire season is that they have a microcosm of inconsistencies um the the warriors are not the same warriors team that was last year that made that championship run so i think you know anytime a team beats the warriors it doesn't put them in a, in a stature of championship now uh level you know because we gotta look, look at how do they play against the teams like the memphis the nuggets the pelicans uh vice versa the celtics uh, the Bucks. how do they play against them? You know, I don't think the Warriors should be that standard of, yeah, if you beat us, you're ready for a championship run. I just don't see it like that. I just think, you know, there's a lot more steps for this team to have in order to be ready for life after Kem Durant or life without Kem Durant. So, no, I don't think this team proves anything. I do want to make this um point of, how can I say it, of conclusion, right, of – just looking at it from the opposite way. I think this question is actually regulated for life without Kevin Durant right now through the injury. Basically, not playoffs. Of course, what are we kidding? He's not going to win a playoff game without Kevin Durant. That's obvious. What we're talking about right now in the injury, until he's able to come back, can they survive and keep afloat in the Eastern Conference where there's not a lot of ground to make up you know, down the stretch? Now, for me... To answer that question, I think they can. You know, I think this win against the Warriors was something. The Warriors are a different team at home. 
They defend better at home. They just play better at home. They rebound better at home. They do all those little intangible things better at home. Look at their home record. That's another obvious statement for the taking right there. But I think for me, Kyrie Irving in this stretch is taking on that number one option, right, for the team, which is very, 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 very important to bring up because in the absence of Kevin Durant, the last three straight contests, 30 points per game. But the more attractive stat line to me is the five or more assists in the three straight games. It shows that a healthy Kyrie Irving could be a number two option. If he's a number one option right now, he can be a number two option. And I know over the last couple of years, we have questioned his Robin Hood. But at the end of the day right now, he's shown that he could be a number one option. He's shown that he could be reliable. And that's great for when Kevin Durant comes back because now you know when healthy, you have yourself a number two. And that's why this is very important to me. You talk about Nicholas Claxton, right? Um, one of my favorite picks in the offseason to have the most improved player, you know, um, proposition, the most improved player among the masses because, you know, in the offseason, he was there early. When, that, when the drama was going on, he was in the gym working on his body, you know, building the strength to be able to attack some of the best centers in the league. And in this, you know, stretch last night, 24 points last night, 15 rebounds, had the next record of most consecutive games with three-plus blocks with 12 or more points per game. The Warriors are not an easy team to defend. They move too much, too much motion, too much spacing. And the Nets are not a great defensive team. So the fact of the matter is they were down by 15, 17 points in this game to stop them that many times to come back in this game and allow Kyrie Irving to do what he do. I'm impressed. I'm not even going to lie. I know it hasn't been pretty since Kevin Durant suffered that injury. But in the Suns game, they showed a little fight. Even though they came back short, they probably wasn't even supposed to lose that game. And we being technical. But this game gives me a little bit hope that they can survive without Kevin Durant for now. Yeah. Lusha Damas. Listen, yeah, short term, <clears throat> they can survive without Kevin Durant. Long term, they can't. But short term, yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving, right? When Kyrie Irving is focused, this dude is phenomenal. When Kyrie Irving is motivated, he's unstoppable. The, 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 the problem over the years with Kyrie, it seems that he might lose focus from time to time, right? But if you go to Kyrie in the playoffs, this dude is dynamite, okay? This dude is crazy. And when you put him in front of Steph Curry, he takes it on as a challenge. That's what he did last night. I'm definitely going to outplay him because he believes Steph Curry can't guard me. You know what I mean? As much praise as Steph Curry get, that's how Kyrie feels. He can't guard me. I can shoot just as well as him, whether that's true or not. That's how Kyrie feels. And he showed his on display last night. He went five out of seven from three-point range, 36 points. Okay, he outscored Steph. He outshot Steph. He at Steph home. So clearly, Kyrie could be a number two. I saw him win a championship at the number two. Clearly, he could do that. Kevin Durant come back. Kyrie is playing like this. Oh, they're gonna be a problem. We talked about that not on on on, a, on an earlier show. Kyrie is playing focus, no distractions. And when he's playing like that, he's different. Okay, when he's playing like that, it, it's hard to find me too many guards that's better than him. Okay. The only thing with Kyrie always was, for me, was distraction and injury, okay? Had nothing to do with ability. When it come down to Kyrie's ability, I, honestly, if you want my opinion in big games, Kyrie ability, take out Steph out of the equation. I got Kyrie. I'm just keeping it real. Freddie says status. And to be honest, low-key, if there's 
a playoff setting where it's game seven, four quarter, 10 seconds left. You're down by one. You got Kevin Durant. You got Kyrie Irving. Who do you really want to take that shot? Oh, Kyrie. Taking Kyrie Irving. I've seen him do it before in the finals. And you know what's the crazy thing to me? The fact of the matter is, Kyrie Irving is saying basically, without saying it, but saying it with his action, that although circumstances, that's what I call them. I don't call them quitting. I don't call them detractions. I say circumstances have impacted my availability for the last two years. You know, last year, obviously, and this year. But now I'm locked in. Now I'm focused. Now without Kevin Durant, I'm showing you that I'm valuable to the team. And that's going to play himself into a contract extension with the team. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Kyrie Irving is playing fantastic. You can't take that away from him at all. He's getting, he's making it to Nets stay at that high level. Um, the fact that Royce O'Neal has like four to five game winners doesn't hurt at all. You know, they're playing well. Um, Ben Simmons is doing nothing. He gets no credit here. Um, Nicholas Claxton is playing extremely well, as Lil stated. You know, he's definitely in the running for most improved, especially I believe he had like a 23 and 13 game, 14 game. I forgot exactly what the stat line was. Tremendous stat line. He's playing really well at a very high level. Um, very Jared Allen-esque, I would say. I would, I would hmm. give him credit for that. Um, but you know, life right now, and you know, without Kevin Durant, it's very difficult. Um, especially when you look at the schedule, you look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference. If they let's say they had a, a stint of playing Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, um, Toronto, and you know, Cleveland again in a five-game stretch, how many games are we anticipating them to win? I'll say two out of three, and that's a good that's a good stat because I think if they when Kevin Durant first got hurt, I would have said oh out of five, um they would have lost five games, in my opinion. <clears throat> So I think they're playing at a really strong level. Jock Vaughn is doing a fantastic job over there. He's getting the role players in line, making sure that they're doing everything they need to so that Kyrie Irving can score the points, so that Nicholas Class can get the rebounds and get the putback dunks, so that when Kevin Durant does come back, everyone knows their role, so that Kevin Durant, all he has to worry about is scoring the basketball. I think it's a perfect it's a perfect situation for everybody involved. You know, they're playing inspiring basketball, I like to call it. I'm not saying they're playing basketball up to their level. I think there's another level they can reach because this is a roster – when Kevin Durant is healthy, that should be making a run for the uh, Eastern Conference Finals at bare minimum. So, um, you know, I think right now they're playing inspiring basketball, to say the least. The star players out, everyone, there's a next man up mentality, and Jacques Vaughn gets all the credit in the world for getting them guys ready. If Steve Nash is still here, who knows where the hell the Nets would have been. And that's that's the scary point. part. We don't know Great where point. they would have been. And now you realize what it means when you have a veteran coach in that locker room talking to the guys, getting the guys ready, and he it just seems like everyone's on board with Jacques Vaughn. Um, Nets, hello. Can we get this man a, a long-term contract? Like, you found a coach. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Listen, to touch on that really quick, Kyrie Irving said, we don't need a coach when he has Steve Nash. You know why he said that? He didn't respect this man. All right? When you're a head coach, you have to demand and command respect in that locker room. Clearly, every player respects Jack Vaughn. And that's the difference of coaching, a leader of men. Steve Nash can't lead nobody, okay? That's the difference. This dude is a leader of men, and Kyrie can respect that. I mean, look, man, when I'm looking at Kyrie Irving's stat last night, forget about the 38 points. Like I said, I know Kyrie Irving can score, so I'm not shocked. This is not a shocking event, three straight 30-plus point games. But the nine assists last night, Mm -hmm. that's more telling to me because he's not a a guy, a point guard known for getting others involved. He's more known for getting his shot and just creating and offense. And right? he has seven That's points. Yeah. And I think, you know, the last play, the, the play that um 
um, Zay referenced with Royce O'Neal hitting that three-point go-ahead for the victory, Kyrie Irving found him. He was double-teamed. The old Kyrie Irving would have still took that shot, but he passed it to Royce O'Neal wide open. That's how you win the game. You trust your teammates. The Nets are doing a better job of trusting each other, and that's very crucial for when Kevin Durant comes back. Yeah, listen, real quick, cousin, that goes right to what Zay was saying. It's coaching, bro. Coaching installs that into you and practice, trust your teammates. And somebody's going to actually listen to the coach. Not to say that Steve Nash didn't say trust your teammates. Nobody cared when he said it. Jack Vaughn is saying it in a different tone, in a different way, in a different persona. Guess what? Yeah, right. I need to trust my teammates. And look what's happening. Absolutely. We might as well move on to the NFL. Move back into the NFL right now as yeah. we're going to talk about this topic that you see at the bottom of your screen. Once again, like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. Should the Jets be more interested in a Lamar Jackson edition or Derek Carr? And the reason why I want to bring up this question is because Derek Carr, well, he wasn't released yet, but he was benched and he came out over the weekend and said that he did not want to discuss the Raiders fallout. We all know that the Jets need a quarterback. That's clear. They just fired their offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. So who should they be more interested in? Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr? And Zay, you being a Jets fan, I would love to hear from you first. I'm going to answer this question first, <laughs> and then I'm going to give options that I believe are the more realistic options for this Jets team that they need gotcha. to do. So first and foremost, they should be more interested in Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Lamar Jackson throws the needle completely. He enhances the offense at a tremendous level. It's a win-win scenario. The Jets get a, a franchise quarterback who's still young, who still could show another level to his game, who's going to have a chip on his shoulder to really prove that he's a one of those upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's one of the top five, top four quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Lamar Jackson in Meadowlands is dynamic alone. I just think it's going to be a marketing heaven. Um, everyone's going to praise him. There's going to be a lot of Jets fans in there. There's going to be a lot of new Jets fans in there. Everyone's going to embrace Lamar, and they're going to give – he's going to give them that some sort of relevancy that the Jets haven't had in a very, very, very long time. Also, he'll probably be the best quarterback the Jets have had in probably 20, 30 years, probably ever. Uh, I mean, second to Joe Namath, probably, um, if you really want to go there. Um, <clears throat> now, the other option, the more realist, realistic option for me now is between these two quarterbacks. If you want – if, you're, if the Jets believe that they're a quarterback away from winning a championship, you go after Aaron Rodgers. If the Jets want to just get um, to the playoffs, they want to build their rapport with the quarterback, they want to make sure that they um, develop Zach Wilson the right way, whatever they want to do, you go after Jacoby Brissett. Cheaper option in the contract, and his numbers are compared to Derek Carr, very similar. Last 32 games, Derek Carr, 64% completion, 42 to 47 touchdowns, 28 interceptions, 53 QBR. Jacoby Brissett last 32 games, 62% completion, 35 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 54 QBR. The stats are very similar, and you're paying a, a minimum at his contract, probably $10 million a year. Derek Carr, you're paying 30-plus, $40 million to get him on your team. If he's going to have similar numbers than Jacoby Brissett to Jacoby Brissett, and you don't believe he's a quarterback to bring you to a Super Bowl, then pay Jacoby Brissett instead, cheaper contract. You put him on a roster for multiple years, a veteran, and you get to develop Zach Wilson the way that – um, uh, Woody Johnson was saying, but if you think we are a Super Bowl contending team, just a quarterback away, that's all we need to get to a Super Bowl. You go after Aaron Rodgers immediately. That is the quarterback that could put you over the hump, that could put you in a place of relevancy for a Super Bowl contending team. 
Um, I understand Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, the ones being talked about all over Twitter. Derek Carr has a pricey price tag. His his contract is really, really high. And he's a quarterback that no one knows if he can even take you to a playoff. That's not somebody you want to pay. Lamar Jackson is someone you absolutely want to pay at 24, 25 years old. That is the franchise quarterback. You pay him top dollar. You got him for six, seven years or five, six years, however you instruction that contract. And that's somebody you really want to go after in this particular question. Wow, um, cuz I'm gonna let you go, but I just want to yeah. respond to that last second. You know, Derek Carr can get you to his to a playoffs, he did with the Raiders, but nevertheless, go ahead, cuz are you up? Yeah, uh, listen, you Lamar Jackson is the answer here. Um, like you said, Zay, he's younger, right? This is a former MVP of the league. Um, this is somebody that can still get better. This is somebody that you can probably still coach up. This is somebody that can play uh, complimentary football. He can, uh, with a good defense and a, and a good offense. He can compete with the upper entourage quarterbacks, clearly Lamar Jackson, but you are going to pay every price for that, right? And that is going to maybe, you know, hurt you long-term down the road in the salary cap, but you're going to pay a heavy price for him. Now, Derek Carr? Yeah, you can get Derek Carr. I like your little thing with Toby Bissett, though. I ain't going to front. I, I loved it because I don't really believe in Derek Carr like that. Now, he's an upgrade to what y'all have, and he can definitely help and, and help the – the Jets get somewhere, but you are going to pay a lot of money for him. And I don't even know if he's worth it. But I got to touch on your Aaron Rodgers take. Oh, God, help us. No, you don't want Aaron Rodgers, bro. No, he won't take you up to a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers will come to the New York Jets and get exposed. And what he will get exposed to is the media, okay? The media will eat him alive. You know, get in his head. He's in Green Bay in a small place, in a small city, a small town. New York is a different animal. A lot of people just can't play in New York. Forget about ability for a second. He won't be able to handle the media. He's going to say too many wrong things, so many sideways things, too many weird things. They're going to separate the team. You're going to see it'll be crazy. It'll be a media frenzy. Worse than when Brett Favre came to the Jets. And it's like a similar path that y'all want to take with this Brett Favre and, and, and um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' character. So I would tell you Aaron Rodgers, no. He can't handle the New York media the new york hype the new york fan base no they'll be cutting if Aaron Rodgers played a bad game in new york they will cut him alive he can't handle it he'll try to come back at them and it'll be at war so no not the Aaron Rodgers thing lamar jackson i can see but the toby Bissett might be your best option realistic option that's very interesting the conversations right but i think for me you know ah I would probably say I would go with Derek Carr. Um, mm -hmm. The reason why, first of all, I think if, you know, you really think things from a logical perspective, obviously Lamar Jackson is the guy that you want out of all those guys that we mentioned because he's right. the most talented guy. But obviously the price tag with that is just too much. Now, if there's any team that possibly could pay that and still be okay, it is the Jets because they do mm -hmm. have the young foundation, guys that are under contract on their first deals. So they can pull that off. But still, that contract is really, really hefty. $250 million guaranteed. And I said it before. No, with all due respect, we love Lamar Jackson. We love the guy, the humble individual. We love the person. We love the football player. But for a guy that has not accomplished anything in the playoffs, I don't really feel good about giving him that money. With all due respect. And I'm just being honest with you. Okay? Um, you see, when you win in the playoffs, they come to you. There's no hesitation. The organization come to you. You don't even have to be due. You could be first-year eligibility. They're coming to you. 
Just like Joe Burrow, you're hearing the contract thing starting to heat up. They're coming to oh, Joe yeah. Burrow. Why? Because Absolutely. he got them to a Super Bowl. He won them a playoff game and another playoff game. So they come to you. I think the Ravens, there's hesitancy with them, right? Because if Lamar, if they believed in Lamar Jackson in that bracket, they'd be like $250 million guaranteed, no doubt about it. I'll come to you. You don't even have to come to me. You don't even got to hold out. I'll come to you. So right. I think that's something to be said there. Now, when you look at Derek Carr, yes, he's still expensive. But if he gets cut, you might not have to trade for him. You're not going to have to trade for him if he gets cut. Now, it depends on what they want from him because you may have other teams trying to get him. So maybe that's where the leverage is on the Raiders side to kind of like rob you. So right. you got to be careful with that. But he's still cheaper. You talk about durability. He hasn't missed a game since 2017. That's Quick. like three, four seasons ago. You know what I'm saying? Five seasons ago almost. Uh, yep. um, Lamar Jackson, the last two years down the stretch, has been hurt. So I understand that some Jets fans may want to go for that home run. Let me get the young stud because Claire, who has a higher ceiling? Clearly Lamar Jackson. Yep. But we know Derek Carr's floor. His floor is I can get you to the playoffs. His floor is I can get you 4,000 yards. You haven't had a 4,000-yard passer since the league went to a 16-game schedule. Now we at 17. So we don't have to, you know, go all in and be expensive with it. We just need a comparable quarterback. That's all y'all needed. Y'all didn't need much. Y'all have the weapons. Y'all have the defense. All y'all need is a quarterback that can win you a game, not lose you the game. And I understand we questioned Derek Carr and can we ride him to a Super No, you can't ride Derek Carr to a Super Bowl, but you can carry him there. And he can carry you there too, hand in hand. So I'm going to leave it at that. You know, and I I, I honestly um, respect that take. I also, I acknowledge a lot of things that you said. And it's only the question, Derek Carr, you know, like what, what is it with him that gets the offense going, that changes the, what, why isn't the offense flowing as it was? People, a lot of people talked about it was John Gruden's issue that Derek Carr didn't have the best season to take him to the um playoffs. Someone say it was offensive line. Some say it was like defense. It was issues that Derek Carr wasn't on the field as much or whatever Um, in, in winning scenarios or scenarios where he could win them the game. Um, You know, the Jets are a win now scenario. The defense is stout. It's really everyone yeah. talks about the quarterback position, right? So if everyone's saying the quarterback is the main issue and the reasons why they're not in the playoffs right now, then you have to go after the best quarterback available. And you, I don't know if you could really say and say that Derek Carr is better than Aaron Rodgers right now as the best quarterback available. Or you look at um, what Jacoby Brissett and his numbers compared to Derek Carr. They have very similar numbers. And Jacoby Brissett's a journeyman. He's went to teams to teams to teams. His I will say this. Last... What no, no, I will say this real quickly. Derek Carr, how old is Derek Carr, by the way? I don't even have it on file. 34? 31. 31? Yeah. You're probably going to have at least about a good five years, six years, depending on how long he wants to play. Aaron Rodgers is about to retire, bro. You're probably only getting him for two more years. I'm basing it off what Woody Johnson said because he's saying the Zach Wilson, they still want to develop Zach Wilson. So if their idea is to still develop Zach Wilson, then you bring in a veteran quarterback who's on his way out. I'm sorry to say, the only thing you're doing is hurting his confidence. His confidence is shot. Taking him out in the middle of the game, benching him for a dude named, what's that backup quarterback looking like um, Taysom Hill that y'all doing here, Shivler, 
whatever his name is. You benching for that guy. You benching for Mike White. No name guys, by the way. You didn't bench him for Tom Brady. You didn't bench him for Aaron Rodgers before. You bench him for Mike White and Trevor, whatever his name is, Chevrolet, the car. He's a bust, though. Like, we got to get over that. I I agree. Listen, I agree with everything you both just said. He is a bust, and it does make sense. But I'm going off what Woody Johnson is saying. Woody Johnson is smoking dope. He's going off. Okay, Woody Johnson is smoking dope. All right, this guy's a bust right now, bro. Okay. If he's going off, I'm developing this kid, then I'm basing it off that. Bring in a quarterback, you're going to be able to develop him. I don't know if Woody Johnson's on on the same level as I'm bringing in Derek Carr for five seasons or I'm bringing in XYZ for five seasons. He may look at Jacoby Jacoby Brissett and like, all right, he's going to compete with Zach Wilson for that shot in in the training camp. Because if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you bring in Lamar, like he stated, Derek Carr, even a Jimmy G. He's he's losing that spot off the rip. So maybe off the, rip. The, the, the main thing we're looking at is Derek Carr it will definitely bring this offense to, to relevancy. They will be in a playoff spot. They even make a deep playoff run, depending if we get everyone healthy down the line with Derek Carr. But what Woody Johnson is talking about in the offseason, even that exit interview, oh, we still want to develop Zach Wilson. We still view him as the future of this franchise. Then I don't see them bringing in a Derek Carr for five seasons, Lamar Jackson for five seasons, or any quarterback in that matter for five seasons. I think they're looking for a quarterback to compete with him to get a different level out of Zach Wilson so that he could be that quarterback that they drafted. I'm not too sure if they're looking at a quarterback in anybody that's available to be the future of this team. And that's scary for me as a Jets fan, but I think that's what the mindset of Woody Johnson is. And he's going to bring in a GM, if it's not Joe Douglas, to do exactly that. He's willing to basically burn the world to save one person. And that's the scary part right now. I mean, welcome to the New York Jets, bro. What else do you expect? Okay. He was willing to burn down last season to kind of stay with his development. At the end of the day, I know I said that he's a bust. We don't really know that definitively, but at the same time, the Jets are in a different stratosphere. Things have changed. New York is a fast-paced state. Okay, everything is fast-paced. You got to get things fast. Otherwise, you will be left behind. And Zach Wilson's development was not developed fast enough for where the Jets are right now trying to compete. So if you're trying to compete, you have to get yourself a quarterback who's already polished enough to get you to where you want to go instead of trying to go down, you know, to get Zach Wilson up. Mm. That's it. You know, last, last point, and then we can move on from this part. Um, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, I would love to see them in a Jets jersey, and I hope that everything I just said was wrong and they bring in one of them. <laughs> but I really think they're going to really settle for Jacoby Brissett and then try to make this a quarterback battle in training camp. I just hope they bring in one of these guys because Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson on this offense, we're definitely competing for a division title. And I just I just bank on it if we bring in one of these quarterbacks. And it's time to move on here to our next segment on the show called Ride or Die and Smoke and Cuzzle. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pass it to you to explain everything and take us away. <laughs> man, it's here, man. We talking about championships, bro. We talking about Super Bowl championships, Ride or Die and Smoke. Can you win? Or can you lose? Or will you lose, right? This is about winning championships. If you that ride or die, you can win. If you get in that smoke, you did not reach expectations. There was a lot of football, a lot of players up for this ride or die. There was a lot of teams up for this ride or die. The Eagles for once, right? They could have been this ride or die. But they played the Giants, really? They ain't, uh, that, they ain't fool nothing to me. No, and I'm an Eagle fan. They played the Giants. Giants are garbage. What are we talking about? Okay. Uh, who else? San Francisco 49ers, defensively stuck, but they was playing Dax Prescott. What are we talking about? That's not crazy, but 
when you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, when you talk about Joe Burrows, and you talking about that ride or die, when you talking about a championship team, a championship player, a championship franchise, a, a team, a player, a coach that I believe that can win a championship, you best to believe the Cincinnati Bengals going into Buffalo, okay, the number two seed on the road in the snow with three backup offensive linemen, they got to be that ride or die, cat. They got to be. The Cincinnati Bengals handle business. The Cincinnati Bengals prove they can win a championship. The Cincinnati Bengals prove they're not scared of nobody. And when you're not scared of nobody, you can roll with me. I can hang with you. I believe in you, and I believe you can win a championship. That's a championship team if I never saw one. The Cincinnati Bengals is that ride or die. We talking about real numbers against a real team, a top five defense, a top five offense. They shut them down. They made them look weak with a backup offensive line. The Buffalo Bills can get no pressure on Joe Burrows. He handled business. Joe Mixon ran for 100 yards. What are we really talking about? Okay, Jamal Chase had a touchdown. They was handling business. They defense played lights out. What are we really talking about? Their linebacker play was crazy. Their secondary was all over the place. The Cincinnati Bengals is coaching. I mean, they coaching is top-notch. He's a he's a Super Bowl coach. We don't even give him enough credit. This dude can handle business. At the end of the day, the Cincinnati Bengals, when you when I believe you can win a championship, you will always be that ride or die. And Joe Burrows, as we talked about earlier on the show, if any quarterback you want to believe in that can go into anybody's backyard under any conditions, it's Joe Burrow. And that's why the Cincinnati Bengals, it's that Ride and die, okay? What do you got to say about that? Zay, you could go first. Hey, man, you're not wrong. The Bengals, like I said, I don't know what switched in that last year preseason, but they remember that preseason, Jamal Chase couldn't catch a football. It looked crazy. It, 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 it didn't look right at one particular juncture. That the offensive line was scary. They couldn't protect nobody. And we were scared of Joe Burrow's life last season. We didn't know if his career was going to end last year before the season started because of how many times he was getting hit. Oh, and that AC got 20 sale injury due to the fact that it was letting guys hit him. The fact that mm. he just made a complete 180 and just became the strong, one of the strongest teams in the AFC. Nobody yeah. could have determined this in a two-year span. Nobody could have determined Joe Burrows saying, yeah, anytime I'm on this team, anytime I'm on a football field, my championship window is open. open. That's the type of confidence I like in my quarterback. <laughs> and the fact that he said on national television, yeah, you better start resending them refunds. Whoop. Cold-blooded. Of course he's the ride or die. I, I, I love that take completely. Nah, he is a ride or die, man. You know what's crazy about this team is that they play their best ball in January. You know, their defense get better. Their defense goes from looking like middle of the pack to a championship-level defense in January. Like, everything about this team is just like they're on a mission. Everything says that they are on a mission this year. And you talk about the Super Bowl losers in the past, they never got this far. They barely get Absolutely. this far. They are, they are breaking the curse, you know, and that's why this team is so dangerous. Everything about them is like, how? How can your offensive line miss these starters and you still win? How could you almost win a Super Bowl and hang around Aaron Donald and Von Miller coming at you and almost win the game? How could you do the things you do? That's why this team is so dangerous. Because, though, I will say this real quickly, man. I wouldn't have been mad if Trevor Trevor, you know, was on this again, even in a loss. Oh, because yeah. he sat there after the game was over. And he greeted every single teammate coming into the locker room like a leader. Absolutely. 75% of his team. He's a special Great dude. leader He's right another there. special dude coming up. Another Absolutely. One. All right, cuz, I'm going to pass it back to you to deliver that smoke. Man. Who's getting it? 
Now listen, man. He listen. I listen, man. When you when you play lower than expectations, it really bothers me, man. And when you gotta get that smoke, the Freddy system ain't no joke. Eric B and Rod Kim, I ain't no joke. The Freddy system's gonna give somebody all the smoke. Clearly, we had a lot of candidates for the smoke. I could have gave it to Dak Prescott. But really, his expectations is horrible. It's low. He played against the number one defense. Clear. I could have gave it to the Giants. Y'all got blown out. Y'all wasn't supposed to be there. No. The same thing on the same game with the same situation. How the heck you lose at home? Do you want to win a championship or not? Josh Allen, do you want to win a championship? Okay. McDermott, can you coach the championship? The Buffalo Bills is championship for bust, and they're going to get the smoke. They got to get the smoke. The Freddy system ain't no joke. The Buffalo Bills is getting all the smoke. In the snow, in your element, 13-1 and one at home, all-time playoff record, and you get blown away. Blown out. Because that game wasn't even close. The score do not indicate how embarrassing this was. They couldn't even put up more than 10 points at home. In a playoff game, and you got a superstar quarterback like Josh Allen, this is an embarrassment. This is way below expectation. This is horrible. I don't care if you was playing against Joe Burrow. Score more than 10 points. How about that? Do you want to win a championship? That's how you got to play in January at home in front of your fans. And you laid an egg against a backup offensive line. What are we really talking about? Your defense looked horrible. Joe Burrows went up and down the field. You got out coached easily. Sean McDermott, he's looking real suspect, okay? Because my man Zach Taylor out coached him. If you come out in your first two drives and score two touchdowns, that's coaching, that's scheming, that's planning. He did nothing. You went three and out early. It was horrible. You got a great quarterback. You got a great team. We, we, we talked about Buffalo all year. They have played below expectations when you lose at home and you get blown out at home. This game was not competitive. It was an embarrassment to human beings. They are not a championship team. I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl. And they get in the smoke. They got the smoke. The Freddy system ain't no joke. The Buffalo Bills, I don't care what anybody say, deserve all the smoke. Freddy system status. What are we really talking about? I mean, look, man, when you talk about the Buffalo Bills, I'm not sure if this playoff loss is more disappointing than last year's, considering the fact that they had that game won, considering it was Mahomes and, and um Josh Allen and they the ones that sent them home the year before, that loss was, was very disappointing last year. But this one could be in the same universe because you were at home, because you forced Joe Boy to come and play you in your own building because the snow and the elements, right, was what you wanted. You wanted everything that you got, and yet not only did you lose, but you Thank get you. blown out the field. You get blown out in front of your fans. You talk about Bills Mafia. That's probably the biggest fan base in the whole entire NFL outside of the Cowboys, okay? You have a nation behind you, and you got demolished Demolish, in front of DeMar bro. Hamlin. Okay, well, whoever that was, like I said, conspiracy <laughs> theory. I do not believe that that was DeMar Hamlin. That was somebody else in that boot. It wasn't him. But in front of your peoples, you got blown out. Unreal. You know, uh, it was disappointing, the fact that the Bills went out in the facet that they did. But, you know, that's why I expected when you're playing against the Bengals. I mean, it's no knock on, you know, what was <laughs> happening. But that's what happens when you play against the Bengals. The Bengals make teams look mediocre. mediocre. I remember when I saw the KC uh, – Bengals game last year when the Bengals scored, uh, we're down 21, I think, three or 21 zip or something like that. And mm -hmm. they came back from half and won the game. Hey, made the KC look abysmal that second half. They shut down Patrick Mahomes completely. But that's what Absolutely. the Bengals do. The Bengals and Zach Taylor are known 
for adjustments. They know how to create theater mm. to their team that they're playing against. In the first half, the Bengals looked unstoppable. They looked like they were destroying yes. Josh Allen. And the funny fact, the funny thing is, I bet Zach Taylor had another game plan tucked in his pocket in case the Bills were to come out victorious in that game, or the Bills were to come out strong in that game. Zach Taylor is a tactician. He knows Mm. the X's and O's of football. This playoff, these playoffs this year has been all about the X's and O's of football. In years past, it's about the talent. Who's the more talented guy? Who has the more talented team to get them there? This year, it's been all x's and o's who schemes are better and right now like freddie said the smoke goes all the way to sean mcdermott goes all the way to the bills because they've shown that their x's and o's look like abc's to other teams because they're getting it easy real quick cousin it looked like he just said josh allen go play football what kind of place was that to start off the game what kind of place was that like backyard football and the Bengals. it was like a josh allen yo man it's third down and nine man do it what? It's crazy because the Bengals, that? they don't care. Like, they really do not care. I thought they got robbed. This game should have been a neutral site. Yeah, but yet, they like... I think they got robbed with Jamal Chase touchdown. I thought that was yeah, a touchdown. I mean, that, that one was debatable. But they don't care. Let's play in the bathroom, okay? Let, let's run it up in the bathroom. But I don't care. I'll go on the road and beat you. That's why the Bengals are what they are, and that's why the Bills are left asking what's next. But anyway, I can tell y'all what's next on this show. A take for 99 cents. For those of y'all who know, this is how it goes. We give you a take, a very expensive take for a cheap price. A take that's on our minds in any sport. Because clearly, on a Monday especially, there's a lot of things that go on. And we cannot talk about everything that goes on. Otherwise, we'll have a 12-hour show. We got things to do and people to see. So we're going to have this opportunity to release it. What didn't we talk about today that we should have? What's on our mind? And I would love to do the honors to kick us off right now. It is what it is. Cuzzo, a couple weeks ago, Uh-oh. on your take for 99 Cent, you said that the super team era in basketball is quote-unquote over in the mm-hmm. NBA. And you know what? It might be. But the last time I checked, there's a disgruntled superstar out in L.A. by the name of LeBron James, the one who created the modern-day super team era. And you know what's very funny about that? LeBron James has been putting public pressure on management, front office. Every time he gets a mic or a platform, he uses it as a way to throw shots at them. Whether it's on the show, the shop, whether it's wherever, you give him a mic, he's going to take some shots at ownership and make a subliminal message about, oh, I need help. Okay? You know what that tells me? That right now, don't think for one second that Rich Paul, okay, and I call him the Frankie Carbo, of the NBA. They control things behind the scenes. Don't think for oh, one absolutely. second Rich Paul and LeBron James is not plotting his uh, escape from the Los Angeles Lakers right now. He is Thank plotting. You. Now, what if the Philadelphia 76ers trade for LeBron James to add alongside Joel Embiid, indeed, and James Harden? What if the Brooklyn Nets try to trade away, you know, Ben Simmons and, and Cam Thomas and a couple other guys to bring in LeBron James to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? What if Okay, what if he goes to the Golden State Warriors? I'm hearing rumors about that. He said, and quote, unquote, I want to play with Stephen Curry. That's a guy who I would want to play with. What if that happens? Then we back to square one. And I understand that we are seeing competent basketball right now. We're seeing parity and we got a lot of clarity, even though we don't. We don't know who's winning the chip this year. And I love it. But we are not out of the woods just yet. And that's because LeBron James is planning 
his escape from Los Angeles Lakers. That's my take for 99 cent. Woo! That's a great take, bro. Great. You know, real quick, I want to get in there. That was a fantastic take, LeBron James take. I like that a lot. Um, my take is staying in the NFL. Um, the new era of football has started. Um, mm. meaning the guys, the old guys are done. The Rodgers, the Brady's, they're done. You know, it's a new era. We're talking about the Herberts, we're talking about the Mahomes, we're talking about the Allens, we're talking about the Burroughs, the Jacksons. This is the new era of football. Man, we talking about what Joe Burrow is looking like. He's looking like the modern day Tom Brady. The Clear. cold-blooded assassin taking out the super teams, the big teams, the big names, the MVPs of the league, the yep. offensive head coaches, the uh, offensive um juggernauts of the NFL. That's what Joe Burrow is doing. We're talking about what Josh Allen's capable of doing, thriving offense, moving the ball down the chains. He looks like he looks like the modern-day Phillip Rivers. You talk about Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He looks like the modern-day Peyton Manning, the modern-day Big Benz, where he's just dominating with his team, able to throw it to anybody at any, any given time. This is the new era of football. You have to acknowledge and really look at. We're looking at some historical players right now. We, we haven't had this level of like quarterback draft class, these young quarterbacks, in a very, very long time. This is the time to really pick the teams you like. If you like um the Joe Burrows and the Cincy's go after them, you like the Bills and the Josh Allen's go after them, you like the Ravens and Lamar Jackson or whoever Lamar Jackson goes to, go like them. It's a new time where fans can actually enjoy multiple teams instead of looking at Tom Brady carving up people. Instead of looking at these other super teams carve up people, Jalen Hurts is even on a come up in the NFC. So there's a lot of different teams now, and this is an exciting time for football. The new era is here. It is not 1999 anymore. It is time for the new era of quarterbacks to be praised, and you got them. And that is my take for 99 cents. Oh, that's a great take, baby. It's a great one. All right, man. I guess I get because I got. Nah, I mean, you know, he always take a shot at Brady anytime he could find a, a <laughs> place to take a shot at Brady. I'm used to it. I ignore it. It wasn't a shot. No. I'm it wasn't a shot. It is what it is. It's not 1999 anymore, Mike Tomlin. How about that? How about oh. you bringing back Matt Canada when 10 <laughs> offensive coordinators got fired, okay, and the Ravens fired their coordinator even though they made the playoffs, when Brandon Staley fired his even though they made the playoffs, you felt that it was appropriate to bring back Matt Canada. Get out of here. It's not 1999 anymore, my talent. You're overrated. Oh, Back man. Of- man. Shot spy. Anyway, let me give y'all my take for 99 cents. I'm going back to the NBA. And Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, they have creeped up to second place in the East. Quietly, softly, but it ain't quiet to me. Because Joel Embiid, never got out of the second round. James Harden have failed miserably in the playoffs. Doc Rivers, forget about that championship he won in Boston because it ain't 1999 anymore. This man had won a championship in a minute. He, this man, had lost a 3-1 lead multiple times. If they don't get it done this year, shut it down. I don't want to hear James Harden. I don't want to hear about Joel Embiid. I definitely want to hear about Doc Rivers. This team is geared up to try to make a run. Nobody's talking about them, and they need to fly under the radar because at the end of the day, they have failed miserably in the playoffs, okay? So fly under the radar, but I'm watching you closely. I'm holding you accountable. It's about winning a championship, and this is supposed to be a championship team. Maxi and all these other players that they got, all the other role players that they got. Doc Rivers supposed to be a championship head coach. Joel Embiid supposed to be an MVP. James Harden's a former MVP. And I am not letting them off the hook. I don't care if they run into Kevin Durant. I don't care if they run into Boston. I don't care if they run into Giannis. They're supposed to win. And if we don't hold them accountable, we are doing a disservice to the NBA. 
James Harden, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers. Y'all on the hook to Freddie System status. Win or go home. And I mean go home. Break the team up. It's over. And that's my take for 99 cents. Mm. Wow. You know, real quick, real quick. I just want to say something real quick, Freddie. I actually, you know, uh, I just want to say something that um, before the season started, Lil said that Todd Bowles was a good head coach and he wanted him on the Buccaneers. So, you know, he could handle, <laughs> he could handle that. And, uh, you know, let's go. That's fine. Oh, we throwing shots here, right? Right at the buzzer. We trying to throw shots. Shots, right? Okay, say, you know what? I ain't petty. I'm going to let you have your moment. Okay, I'm going to let you have your moment because you don't get a lot of moments with me on the show. I'm just keeping it in the bean. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to let you have your moment and go home with that, okay? I'm going to take the Lord's side today and focus on the next episode that we have coming up because time is of the essence. Like, subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content and future shows that we have coming your way. I hope y'all enjoyed. Thank y'all for tuning in, whoever tuned in. We had a lot of people tuning in today, so i like to see that. Glad y'all stick around. And guess what? It doesn't go under the radar. We acknowledge it. We embrace it. We thank y'all for it, okay? Fellas, yeah. it was a good one per usual. And, of course, I'm always looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Peace. Peace out. Fake friends, they just slipping away. Now I got it, so I pop.